Hey everybody, it's Nathaniel Avila reporting from Dallas County, and I'm here with Timbrel Hildebrand reporting from Arlington, Texas. Hi. Hello. Uh, and today it is still Halloween where where we're at, so we're going to be talking about Hocus Pocus. Yep. Yep. So let's talk. Go into some background about this particular film. So it all started. Uh, all the way back in, in 1984. So according to the 1994 TV documentary Begin the Magic and on the Blue Films Blu-ray release, producer David Kirshner uh, said he came up with the idea for the film one night. Uh, he and his he and his younger daughter were sitting outside, and his neighbor's black cat strayed by. And Kirshner invented a tale of how the cat was once a boy who was changed into a feline 300 years ago by witches. Uh, Hocus Pocus started life as a script by Mike, Mick Garris and was bought by Walt Disney Pictures in 1984. So the film's working title was Halloween House. So it was much darker and scarier as the protagonists were all 12-year-olds. Uh, Garris and Kirshner pinched, pitched it to Steven Spielberg's Amblin, and, but Spielberg saw Disney as a competitor to Amblin in the family film market at the time and refused to co-produce a film with his rival, so there goes that. So various rewrites were made to the script to make the film more comedic and made two of its young protagonists into teenagers. However, production was stalled several times until 1992 when Bette Midler expressed interest in the script and the project immediately went forward. Midler, who plays the central antagonist of the film, which was originally written for, written for Cloris Leachman, was quoted as saying Hocus Pocus was the most fun she'd had in her career up to that point. Now, Leonardo DiCaprio was originally offered the role of Max, but declined it in order to pursue what's eating Gilbert Grape, which he was nominated for an Oscar for, so I guess everything worked out. <laughs> so, so principal photography began in October 12, 1992, and the film was set in Salem, Massachusetts, but most of it was shot on sound stages in Burbank. However, its daytime scenes were filmed in Salem and Marblehead, Massachusetts during two weeks of filming with principal cast. Production was completed on February 10, 1993. Pioneer Village, which was a recreation of an early colonial Salem, was used in the opening uh, scenes set in, in 1693. Other locations included Old Burial Hill in Marblehead, where Max is accosted by Ice and Jay, uh, the Old Town Hall in Salem, where the town Halloween party takes place, and Phipps Elementary School, where the witches are trapped in a kiln. The, the exterior for Max and Dance House is a private residence in the Ocean Avenue in Salem, and thus ends the story of Hocus Pocus or the background behind it, at least. So, initial thoughts about Hocus Pocus. Um, it was, it was interesting. I guess that's probably the, the best way I can describe it. It was, it, it was, it was, it was quite a ride. <laughs> really? Like, can you take us through that ride? I just mean, uh, it kind of, it's one of those movies where it kind of jerks you back and forth, you know, like it seems funny, but also there's like this really serious, like witchcraft subject matter. Also, they're killing children, okay. but they're like really goofy about it. And then they're singing 
And then, you know, and then suddenly there's a, there's a zombie. It's, it's, it's a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> So this is the second film we're reviewing by uh, Kenny Ortega, the first one being Newsies. So how does this film compare to that? Um, personally, I think Newsies has a stronger narrative than this movie does, and also is just a stronger film overall. Um, but and, and also, it just it feels very different. This is a very different movie than Newsies. Yeah, I am glad seeing Ortega like ex- like expanding his horizon in different filmmaking styles because this came out a year after Newsies. Um, so, oh, this film also made forty four point nine million dollars on a budget of twenty eight million dollars. So it wow. made quite was very commercially uh, successful. Uh, so let's get into the main characters of the film. I know that. Um, you said that you were a big Bette Midler fan. So, what was your uh, your your uh, impression of her performance in this film? Um, I'm not a huge Bette Midler fan, but like you know, I've, I've, she's got a real big cult following and stuff like that because she's very talented. Um, she was good. I mean, uh, she was pretty terrifying and goofy. I mean, she the witches are really what kind of are the most interesting thing to watch in this movie. Everything else is a little bit. You know, it's just kind of like you took Back to the Future and threw in witches. You know, you have the kid who's trying to get with the girl and blah, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the witches were, were very entertaining. I, I really liked Bette Midler. She, like, they're, they're just awful, soulful character. Who, the, the person who particularly stuck out to me, though, was Sarah Jessica Parker as, like, the, the younger witch. She was really funny she was so dumb. Like, I think I enjoyed her maybe the most out of all of them, because she was just so dumb. Yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was pretty good. Did you like uh, Kathy Najimy's performance as Mary? I'm sorry? Did you like Kathy Najimy's performance as Mary, who's the third? Oh, was that one? the other one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were all good. They were all good in different ways. They were very theatrical, that's for sure. Yeah. And also, this film also stars... Uh, prosthetic wearing legend doug jones as uh billy butcherson who was the zombie uh you probably remember him from he played uh the pale man in pan's labyrinth he was i've never seen that yeah he was also the amphibian in shape of water uh yeah he was in he was also in uh what was it uh uh what we do in the shadows the tv show um He's basically made his entire career wearing, like, prosthetics and being, like, kind of like a more monstrous thing. So it's good to see him in in these particular roles. And then we also got um, the character of Max, who is, I believe, played by Omri Katz. How do we play about, how do we think about him? I mean, he kind of felt pretty cookie cutter to me you know and again like this came out in the 90s so i mean it makes sense that you know it kind of just has that uh i guess teen movie 90s feel when it comes to to that character i mean he wasn't bad necessarily he was interesting enough i guess but it did feel a little run of the mill you know he's just oh he's a kid in a town and he's new and he doesn't like it there and he's trying to be with a girl and he's a cynic he doesn't believe in all the witches stuff and all that jazz um, but I mean, he was, he was still fun, you know, he was, he, I thought it was, 
I guess my favorite part about Max probably was at the end when he drank the potion to save his sister. I thought that was honestly it was it was it was interesting because up till that point I hadn't really I guess he hadn't done much of anything that really like like made me feel for him in mm-hmm. a deep way and that really made me feel for him. So I, I liked that at the end. Like I thought that was really powerful when he drank the potion. Mm-hmm. So I thought that part was pretty cool. It was neat to see him kind of grow to care about his sister and all that. Yeah. Do you think that was like like built up pretty good or do you did you think it was kind of uh, a bit too fast? I mean this whole movie, I mean I will say the beginning felt really fast. Like we just kind of got thrown in for a wild ride. Like the opening with the witches felt okay, but as for Max's introduction, it did feel a little rushed. I didn't feel like I got a lot of time to get to know him. Um, so once he was in kind of like the adventure, it was kind of like, oh, okay, I guess this is the protagonist, you know? Um, but um, I don't know. At the end, I guess it made sense because they'd kind of taken this journey. It, it made sense to me, at least. Yeah. Um, now, this film is very 1990s. Oh, yes. Like, like it is like an epitome like a snapshot of 90s culture in america and like because i believe oh yeah max had this 90s like part hairstyle that was very popular back then wearing tie-dye shirts and everything um plus the teacher was actually kind of being kind of mean a little bit (laughs) in the beginning where she was like oh mr los angeles tie-dye wearing little piece of garbage (laughs) <laughs> you, you, you you come to my town just respect our folklore <laughs> that kind of thing and then we also yeah. have uh we also have the uh girl allison who is played by vanessa shaw who seems to be a bit too old to be in high school it looks like oh i didn't feel that way she uh, was about the same age as the rest of the kids in there uh maybe just me I mean, but, she looked a little bit older, I guess. It, I guess it just didn't really stick out to me. Yeah. How did you think about her as the romantic lead? I mean, personally, I felt like she was kind of boring. She was just kind of... Personally, I didn't feel like her acting was particularly strong. But then again, for a movie like this, I mean, you can't expect Oscar-worthy performances, per se. But, um, um yeah, she felt... Eh, she was just kind of there. It felt like she was more of a plot point, you know, because she took them to the book. And he wanted to be with her and blah, blah, blah. But there was nothing, she didn't really have any character, she was just kind of the girl, that was kind of her character. Right. There was a lot of characters here that seemed to be, that didn't serve a whole lot of purpose. Um, like the character, like of the character of Allison, who was just there just to be a romantic lead, and then we also have the characters of, uh, what was his name, Ice and Jay? Who were supposed oh, to be yeah, like? Yeah, those guys. Yeah, they were supposed to be like the. I guess they were supposed to be like the two people from the, those two guys from Power Rangers. I guess that's where they got the idea, and uh, they didn't really do much. They just came in and they just said, "Hey, we're bullies." That's our. Yeah, thing it did feel. It. it did feel like they were really trying hard to be the bad, the bad kids. Yeah. <laughs> And um, we also got um, even the character of Billy. I guess we could have just removed him completely, and it wouldn't have changed much in the film. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, um, and also like his establishment wasn't that uh, like 
put in like it wasn't true he, uh, he wasn't really that well established in the film because his backstory was that he was an ex-boyfriend poisoned by uh winifred and he became a zombie but we didn't really see that happen we just heard it from binks who f learned it somehow yeah. um and he didn't i guess he became he was a stooge for them for a little bit until he <laughs> until he got his his uh uh mouth stitches open and then he just went a complete 180 and it was like i don't listen to you because now i can talk yeah that was interesting yeah and then we got the character of binks who was the who was uh the cat who was actually played by two different people in the uh he was actually dubbed over um he was played by uh sean murray who played like the actual physical boy like the, the actor um and then he was dubbed over for the cat roles and i'm assuming also for um his voice was dubbed over even when he was present uh when he was not a cat by jason marsden so I don't know what why they did that. Maybe it was, I'm sure there was a reason why. But what do we think about his character, uh, in his role of this film? I mean, I thought his character was was fairly interesting. Kind of sad, you know, because he lost his sister and he had to live with that guilt of that he didn't save her and stuff. So his his character seemed pretty cool because he's kind of like the guide for the lead characters. Um, so that was cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. He's definitely like. The thing with Binks and also, what is her name, Emily, uh, they're supposed to be, I know that their relationship is supposed to be parallel to the relationship between Max and Danny, um, because uh, Binks wasn't able to save his little sister, and now he wants to help Max save his little sister from the witches, and it'll be like, oh wow, it's parallels, see, it all comes together, and so, like, moving on, what do we think about, like, the uh, the father and mother characters of this film, Dave and Jenny? I mean, they weren't in much of the much of the movie, and when they were, they were just making everybody uncomfortable because Mom <laughs> was dressed up like Madonna with spiky bra on, you know? That was <laughs> weird. What was, I guess it was because it was the 90s. Um, yeah. Um, also, there was. I'm not sure why they casted Gary and Penny Marshall as. Oh, Gary Marshall as the devil character, um, who is very Jewish in this film. Uh -huh. I don't know what they were trying to say with that, but let's. Well, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt for now. Yeah. So. Let's move on to the like the music in the film. How what did you feel about the musical score? Um I mean it was fine. It was kinda weird when all of a sudden they decided to start singing. I mean I, I loved hearing I love that Beth Midler got to sing. I'm guessing that's the only reason they put that scene in because she was like, I'm Beth Midler and I'm going to get to sing at some point. Yeah. You know? But yeah. um I, I don't know. I mean it was it was fun. It was still fun. It was weird and out of place, but it was still fun. Yeah. Like they they sung they sung their cover of uh of Jay Hawkins I put a spell on you. And yeah. that was fun. Uh 
and then we got the the uh, I believe there was a f another song where that um, Sarah Jessica Parker sang, uh, which is what was used to like bring the children to the cabin. Yeah, that was creepy. Oh snap! <laughs> oh, like what? Did, did you think this film would have worked better, or would it, or would it have hurt it if they really leaned more? into that creepy creepiness that they originally wanted. Well, personally, I feel like the tone of this film is a little off-kilter at some times, because they're making light of all this pretty serious subject matter, and I guess that might be kind of the point, it's supposed to be kind of like dark humor or something, but I think it might have worked better if they had just chosen one or the other. Because it was a little unsettled. Like, right from the get-go when I was watching it, I'm like, wait, did they just kill that little girl? And then they're acting all goofy about it? That's kind of unsettling. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, maybe it would have worked better if they had gone full into the creepy thing. But I think you would have lost some of the charm that this movie has with its comedy. Personally, I think they should have leaned more into, like, the funny side than gone more creepy. Yeah, I think they should have mostly focused on the uh, fish-out-of-water aspect with the witches coming back after 300 years to 1994 America, or 1993 America, after being in, like, 1693. Um, I think that would have been a lot more fun to watch. Um, and also there's this... Uh, they uh, the, So what did you think about this mostly taking place in Halloween. Because this mostly takes place in Halloween. I mean, it fits, I suppose. Because, you know, witches and stuff, it fits the Halloween sort of thing. Yeah. Did you think that it being in Halloween benefited the story at all? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it was, it was a pretty good plot device, I'd say. Yeah, alright. So, um, how did we think about uh, the scene where the kids just z are zombies and they just come come to the <laughs> come to the uh, to the shack to be eaten. It was weird. Yeah, it was quite weird. Um, when I creepy. yeah, when I saw that, it made me think about the Pied Piper thing, the story oh, of the Pied yeah. Piper. Uh, you you've heard of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, there's, like, certain references to, you know, I guess that. Uh, so, any other uh, thoughts about Hocus Pocus at all? Um, I mean, throughout the film, I'd probably say that the strongest thing is between the brother and the sister. Um, well, the Danny and uh, Max. So, I mean, I think that is probably the nicest thing this movie has to offer, where they're kind of growing closer together. Um, I would have liked to see more of that throughout the movie. But yeah. obviously, you know, they wanted to showcase the witches because they're the most colorful characters. Um, I didn't particularly like the part where they had to choose, like, random household objects to use as brooms, and that lady had to use a vacuum cleaner. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was pretty funny. And also, then all of it, and then they we cut to a scene where they all get burned alive, but they survive. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was a little unsettling that all kids were just watching these ladies get burned to death. That was 
strange. Yeah, and then we got Max being all like, thinks he's like Jigsaw from Saw over here, being like a torture know. contraption mother guy. Um, and and then we got the sister being all like, oh, I want to see them turn to dust because I'm yeah. a little psychopath. Okay, I mean, yeah, I get it. They were gonna eat you, and and they they kidnapped you, and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. That's a bit. That's a bit much. Um, and I know that it says here that uh, in July 2014 that it was announced that Disney was gonna be developing a sequel or or a, a supernatural themed film about witches, which was gonna star Tina Fey. Um, and people thought it was going to be a sequel to Hocus Pocus, but it actually wasn't. Uh, but in November 2014, Bette Miller said in an interview that she was willing to return for a sequel. And she also said that her co-stars Jessica, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy Najimy were also interested in reprising the roles as the Sanderson sisters, uh, but stressed that Disney had not greenlit any sequel. So would we ever want a sequel to this film? You're asking my opinion on that? Yeah. Well, personally, I'll be oh, I'll be honest. I'm not super jazzed about the whole witchcraft theme. It makes me uncomfortable. Cause yeah. That stuff's, that stuff's, ugh, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. So, um, so personally, that's probably what kind of soured the taste for me for this film, along with the fact that I just felt like the story was a little bit, you know, like you said, very 90s, not super, um, like a little contrived. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe not contrived, but just like a, uh, you know, very much for the flash of the film. Right. Um, I guess I wouldn't necessarily be interested in it just because there have been so many, like, sequels and remakes and stuff like that. Um, but people who really liked the film might like to see a sequel. Yeah. I don't really know how because they all look pretty dead in this <laughs> film. Yeah. But you can always fix that. Yeah, I guess. Like it was, that's it was... that's a minor hiccup. <laughs> yeah, I guess. If you get, like, the comic book writers who all constantly kill their superheroes every day and they <laughs> yeah. bring them back. Like, oh, it was a uh, different dimension or something. Twin brother. <laughs> uh, but you're in luck because in October 2019 a sequel was announced to be in development. To be oh, on... <laughs> to be on Disney Plus. Hooray! <laughs> we got our wish. Um... <laughs> And we got, uh, and then Adam Shankman was uh, signed to direct. You probably know him as the guy who made Hairspray. Oh, now that movie is good. Yeah, so uh, when I say Hairspray, I mean the 2009 one, not the one in the 80s. Wait, 2009? You mean what? 2007? 2007, that's what I meant. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That movie is excellent. Yeah, that was a really good movie. It was That, that was like a PG movie with a lot of intense stuff in it especially because it deals yeah. with segregation and then also fat shaming at the same time uh like a yeah. bunch of stuff uh but yeah that was hocus pocus i can't wait for the sequel i'll be the first one to do it i'll be first one there <laughs> on disney plus <laughs> for so yep that was hocus pocus uh did you have a good halloween this year um i thought it was pretty fun how was yours mine was great i did nothing i just stayed home that sounds great too. Okay. Uh, did we, what, what were you for Halloween? I was Ray from Star Wars. Ooh, that was cool. Yeah, I was pretty happy with it. It turned out real nice. Oh snap! Do you have any photos on social media? I do. Oh snap! I should check those out then after we're finished. 
So, um, yeah. So, that, any like, what would you put as a rating for Hocus Pocus? I mean, I know a lot of people love this movie, but personally, I wasn't super blown away by it, so I'd probably give it maybe five or six stars out yeah. of ten. Yeah, like, the thing about Hocus Pocus, it's one of those films that at the time was not good. It was considered to be not a good film, and it was very much panned by critics. And it has a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes as of right now. But through the passage of time, it was it gained a cult following. And as the people who watched it as kids grew up, it became more and more accepted as like a good film to watch during Halloween. But mostly only during Halloween. Any other time of the year, I think the badness is, becomes more apparent. Uh, but... I would go down and say that this film gets a 3 out of 10 for me. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> oh, also, you can also check out the Broadway show. I believe there's a Broadway show of this. There's a Broadway show? See, that's another thing. I feel like if they were going to do like the musical vibe, they should have just gone all in, made it a musical. You know, they have Bette Midler. That would have, I feel like I would have liked it a lot more if they had decided to just make it a musical. That would have made a lot more sense. Uh, especially since it's Disney and they're known for making uh, musicals, and plus they did. They, you're right. They do have Bette Midler, who is known as a singer. So, yeah, they should have. Pro that probably would have been a lot, a lot more. Uh, but yeah, that's that's our idea of uh, <laughs> of Hocus Pocus. We wish you a, a happy Halloween over here. Am I right? Happy late Halloween. Happy late Halloween. Um, and we're ready for Thanksgiving. We're not ready for Christmas yet because we got to wait for Thanksgiving. Yeah, got to wait a little bit. Yeah, I know a lot of people want to jump into Christmas like right away, like November 1st, Christmas. Uh, but we got to remember, we got to remember that we got to pace ourselves a little bit. And then we can get into Christmas. Uh, all right, that's that's it for everybody. Um, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Vision Podcast, home of Wacky Talkies, The Kingdom, Evil Exists, and many more.